Hi, everybody. You're listening to the M&P Podcast with your host, Doyle. Doyle, I got a feeling your whole family's going down. And Jeff. Okay. <laughs> Jeff. Okay. Episode 10? I believe so, Jeffrey. Yeah, who cares? Uh, and with that, we start episode 10 of the M&P podcast. If you thought last week was bad, good news. It's only gotten worse. Doyle, how you doing? Episode episode one zero, one time zero, which equals zero, which is what the GM of this team is. <laughs> episode zero. Episode John LeClaire, uh, <laughs> number 10. So if you are listening for the first time since we last left you, uh, you missed, or didn't watch any games this week, let me preface that, you missed a 4-2 loss to the Oilers, then a 5-2 loss to the Habs, and then a 7-0 loss to the Devils. And uh, I actually, I thought this was kind of crass from the Devils uh, post-game interviews, but here, I'd listen to this and tell me if, if you think this is ridiculous. <laughs> yes. uh, I uh, full disclosure I missed all of these games uh, last night Saturday it's like we record this on Sunday again no last night I forgot that the Devils game was even on I watched a we have a ghost on Netflix oh yeah yeah and then that ended thankfully uh, wasn't great didn't like it but um, yeah then I was like oh shit the Flyers are on let's check in and it was 6 nothing. Yeah, I did something similar where uh, my lady and I have been watching uh, Sons of Anarchy. Ah. So we started watching that, and uh, I I knew the Sixers were playing at 8 against the Celtics, and it was like 8.30, and then we were going to check that, and they were like, oh, the Flyers are playing. Well, let's see that too. And that was like 5-0 in the the beginning of the third period, and I was like, oh, boy, uh, let's get this off the TV. Yeah, I think I turned it on, and then I got a text from you or Joe the Rat, and then they scored again to make it 7 nothing, And I was like, oh, man, it's only getting worse. Yeah. Uh, there yeah, was absolutely. a very clear distinction of talent between the Devils and the Flyers. Yeah, big problem. I mean, the coach even said it himself. I mean, well, so they play they've, – they've clearly been relying on very specific people for how long now? And – uh I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. Well, sitting sitting uh, JVR probably doesn't help, who I guess is going to be traded hopefully soon. Well, uh, so they sat the him, right? Because the forward market's like, thinning out a little bit. I saw that they sat him, and then it was expected for, like, trade, whatever. But then Tortorella was like, oh, yeah, he's out of the lineup because he's banged up. <laughs> so, like, are you saying that he's injured? Or, or you are you saying that you're sitting him to trade him? Like, what is happening? Yeah. Or is this just the continual Torts and Chuck Fletcher hate each other? Yeah, like, I hope Twitch he's not banged up because I, I, I want to see him get traded. By the time you listen to this, there's probably going to be 30 more trades because the NHL GMs have been going wild in a trade market that Chuck Fletcher described as difficult and not easy to pull off something in. Jeff, you don't think you're not ready to see the Flyers hold on to JVR for the playoff push? Well, they uh, yeah, they got to keep him and Justin Braun because there's nothing like veteran leadership. That's why they brought him back. 
Yeah, and like we said before, like bringing it up to the trade market before we get into all the trades, like, like there's plenty of GMs that are being creative out there, like finding third teams to like eat salary for expiring contracts. Like, I do not understand why the Flyers are not all over this boat. Like, Minnesota the, has literally been involved in like two trades where they just held money. That's it. Yeah, exactly. They get that like, the draft pick. Like. You you took a whole press conference complaining about how this team doesn't have any talent, and then you're not doing anything to even acquire basically lottery tickets to try and find like you know yeah we're talking like third fourth fifth round picks, but like to just eat money like that's a free lottery ticket to try and find a player that might be a diamond in the rough per se. Yeah, and luckily, so there's a good chance that if the Flyers kept winning, they'd probably be buyers at the deadline because of course, but uh. With the injury to TK, he's been placed on IR, so it's retroactive to whenever he went on. So it's not really like that huge of an issue because he's already been injured for like a week. But uh, yeah, that takes him out of the lineup. JBR is sitting because he's banged up. The defense looks terrible. We talked about that last week. So like, the Flyers yeah. are on. You, the... you took your two two guys that are known for goal scoring out of the lineup for a team that can't score goals. Yeah, the Flyers are on their sl- their their proverbial slide right now. Um, I am concerned. So it's. This comes out the 27th. The trade deadline is at the end of the week. And judging by what's already happened as of recording this, the Flyers are running out of partners to deal with. So, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, there's still a couple big fish out there, but like... Yeah, so like the speculation Winnipeg, now Winnipeg is that... Nino Niederreier, who was like, you know, they were rumored to be interested in JVR. Let's see. So Nino cross them was... off the list. Nino was just traded. We can get to that. I don't know where that update is. Oh, Nino went to the Jets for a second-round pick next By year. By the way, great, great hockey name. Yeah, so it's rumored that Patrick Kane is set up to go to the Rangers now. He basically did what Giroux did last year and has given the Blackhawks GM no wiggle room and basically said, this is the only place I'll accept a trade. Yeah, yeah, I did hear that. He's basically Giroux-ing the Blackhawks. So that's cool. But since we last recorded... Since our last episode came out on the 21st, the 20th, sorry, there were trades on the 22nd, 23rd, 25th, 26th, and then whatever comes out uh, the rest of today, if if this is a Sunday recording. Now, that seems like a lot of trades for a league that is stuck with a flat cap, unable to make trades. Doyle, how do you explain this in layman's terms? Well, I mean, for the most part... Like we said, the people are getting creative. Like the O'Reilly trade, you you're bringing in third teams as brokers just to eat salary. O'Reilly, so that you can of course, fit people. Yeah, the auto parts fit. magnet, O'Reilly. Yeah. Uh, so the news Brian, broke. I love Tim Hortons maple coffee, <laughs> O'Reilly. The news broke. I think moments after Gary Bettman made an emboldened plea for public funding for the Arizona Coyotes' new stadium that the Coyotes <laughs> went ahead and traded for Shea Weber's contract and a yeah. 2023 fifth-round pick in exchange for some guy named Dyson Mayo, who's probably Drew's favorite player because of his last name. <laughs> well, that's like the greatest. The Coyotes have like four of the greatest all-time players that never suited up, just in name. Yeah, right? They got Shea. Shea Weber. Pronger. Marion Hosa, Chris Pronger. And uh, Pavel Datsuk. Yeah. Yeah. I, the the optics on that trade 
when Gary Bettman's like, we really need you to give us money to build an arena so we have a competitive team. And then the Coyotes are like, we traded for the ghost of Shea Weber. Yeah, we traded for something. That's why why I want them to just, like, do whatever to try and get Ryan Ellis. If if you know Ryan Ellis is never going to play again, just trade whatever to get his captive off the roster. Yeah, it makes the most sense. But uh, so... Then the Blackhawks went to work. The Blackhawks traded uh, with the Senators to pick up Nikita Zaitsev, big defenseman. Uh, they got yeah. Zaitsev, a 2023 second-round pick, a 2026 fourth-round pick, and they sent the Senators this UFA named Future Considerations. <laughs> Thank you, Future Considerations, for all that you've given to the Ottawa Senators. Now, and basically- to go back real quick on the Shea Weber thing, like, the... You know, the reason why the Coyotes did it was because there's no, like, real money left on his contract. As far yes, as, like, his actual contract is, like, a million dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, that's if you, you know, the Flyers, we want the Flyers to do that with Ryan Ellis if he's never going to play again. But I think he's owed a little bit more actual money than, you know, Shea Weber at this point. Yeah, because... Shea Weber had that ridiculous front-loaded contract where he was getting paid, like, $30 million in the beginning. And then he gets paid quarters yeah. at the end. So One the of the Coyotes last of the OGs of that. But so the Blackhawks got Zaitsev for nothing. They traded, uh, let's see, Josiah Slavin to the Ducks for Hunter Drew. Like, who cares? But the Blackhawks are making trades. They've acknowledged the tank, right? Yeah, they. That's why they. Uh, that's why they took Zaitsev to get the picks. Smart. He's a, which, he's a salary dump. I mean, and then you had the big trade from the twenty third. The Capitals and Bruins dealt. Uh, the Bruins got yeah, that even. One came out of nowhere. The Bruins got even better. They picked up Orlov and Hathaway, and only had to give up Craig Smith. And then, in order, twenty twenty three first round pick, twenty twenty five second round pick, and twenty twenty four third round pick. Uh, most of those picks should be worthless, uh, considering Boston is like head heads in uh, head over heels in front of everybody else by so much. And then yeah. you think like. Oh man, this trade money wise is rough. Minnesota gets Boston's fifth round pick in twenty twenty three and retains a quarter of Orlov's salary in the trade. Like that's just Minnesota jumping in to help out. And then Boston is retaining half of Orlov's salary. So it can be done. Chuck Fletcher's just not doing it. Yeah. And like that's a lot of moving parts. Dimitri Orlov and Garnet Hathaway, like it's not that the Bruins weren't already good. This just makes them way better. Yeah, exactly. And they were like, you know, rumored to be in on the whole Chikorin hunt. And like, I didn't. So the Caps are like, like two or three points out of a playoff spot. So it is kind of surprising to see them just like unload two guys that, you know, you definitely need for a playoff push. So I wonder if they're kind of like, we're not close enough. Let's just blow it up a little bit here. The Capitals are acknowledging what the Penguins refuse to acknowledge. Um, Well, (laughs) The Penguins aren't refusing to acknowledge it. It's just their GM is refusing to do anything about it. Well, no, because, like, you remember in the offseason where everybody was like, this is probably the time, like, the Penguins should break from Malkin or the, should walk away from Latang, And then, all like, the fan base was like, you can't let those guys go. They're, like, team icons. You need to re-sign them. So they re-signed them to, like, these over-35 deals. And I think, really, like, Malkin's contract is the only one that's been, like, okay, that wasn't the worst thing Ron Hextall could have done. But and Latang well, yeah. has been a shell of his former self. Yeah, Malkin's still a point per game player right now. So I mean, that's like, if if they, you know, if if there was no inaction from the GM, yes, maybe they should blow it up a little bit. But like, if you're gonna re-sign those guys, you gotta like do something to try and compete this year for a Stanley Cup instead of just being like, 
well, we're not going to give up our first round pick this year because I said so. And we're good with what we have, even though they're like third and fourth lines are just getting trashed every night. Yeah. Then the Bruins went ahead, traded Shane Bowers, some center I've never heard of, picked up backup goalie Keith Kincaid. So I guess they don't feel comfortable with a Swayman. Yeah, that might just be a depth move. Or did they trade Kincaid? No, no. Yeah, they traded Kincaid. I don't know. Either way. Uh, and then the Rangers went out on the 25th. They got rid of Vitaly Kravtsov. That's probably a, I'm going to say, a precursor to trading for Patrick Kane, uh, salary yeah. cap dump. The Jets I got. I think he was. I think he. So I think Patrick Kane. They're going to have to try. They'll probably have a third team brokered into each salary. Um, he makes a lot of money. Yeah, I think he's making over 10 mil. I mean, you know, there's like everything's adjusted and whatever, but. Uh, I think Kravtsov was like still on a like a ELC for the most part, and if he wasn't, then he was like signed to like you know an RFA deal or something. But he's like still relatively young, the so tally. I think they they would have to get the money to work somehow. Oh, let's see here. Uh, NHL doesn't tell you his contract summary. I don't know. Anyway, we talked about the Nita Ryder trade. Then you know. Let's see. Stars and Habs got in on it. They traded Gurionov for Dadanov, and Montreal is retaining half of Dadanov's salary. So the Stars pick up a winger for their playoff push. And then this broke earlier on the day that we're recording this. The Golden Knights just traded with the Blues. Uh, Barbashev went to the Knights, and the Blues got Zach Dean, who is apparently a center who plays professional ice hockey. <laughs> yeah, Barbashev's pretty good. Um, that's probably that's a good ad for them. Yes, especially because I they just Vegas put Mark Stone is, on long-term IR, so he is. Yeah, I think Vegas is trying to figure out how to get Timo Meyer. I think it's between them and the Devils, basically at this point. Yes, uh, one of the people we follow is the the dude has his Twitter handles like the Brat Pack. He's a big fan of Jesper Brat, but uh, uh-huh. the Devils are apparently the big rumblings right now for Timo Meyer. Hmm. Which, like, watching the Devils... I know the Flyers are bad, but, like, watching the Devils uh, just, like, kick it into another gear to systematically destroy the Flyers, Timo Meyer can only help that. Well, yeah, the coach is saying, he's like, we can't play, like, we can't play like those other teams play because, A, we don't have the talent, and, B, we need to just, like, focus on playing to try and win, like, two-to-one hockey games. Now, would you argue that maybe John Torella has the talent? But he doesn't like to play the talent, i.e., Philly Joel, Joel Therapy. No, I don't think he has the talent at all. I think he has some <laughs> pieces that he can move forward with. But Jeff, do you have the quote pulled up from what after that rumor? Because uh, I'll find it real quick. Uh, I don't have it, but I know what you're talking about. So for yeah, anybody so, who's been living under a rock, uh, Tortorella yeah. scratched Faraby, right? And then. Um, yeah. He's like sad. I don't know if he scratched him full. He scratched Sanheim, I think we talked about, and then he like limited the shit out of Farabee's ice time. Well, he was limiting. I don't know if he fully scratched him. Though. He was limiting Farabee for like a couple games. He was getting like four minutes a night, and then he just outright yeah. scratched him. Um. So and then yeah, then a report came out from Sarah Valley that Joel Farabee uh, was unhappy, and then he was added to like the trade list now. Yeah, Frank said that Farabee's camp has voiced their displeasure to the Flyers as to how this season has unfolded under John Tortorella. Then Tortorella said, this is news to me. Is his agent popping off that he's pissed? 
he should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. I also yeah. I don't John know if... Tortorella has been like the the sole beacon of entertainment. Yeah, I don't know if it's year. an actual quote, but I think that they asked Farabee and he was like, "Uh, I never said any of that." Stop, yeah, the typical stop making things up. But that doesn't really mean anything. He, at least he didn't scratch Farabee in front of his hometown crowd where he had a bunch of family come. Yeah, like Travis Sanheim. <laughs> Which, let's let's talk about that for a second. I brought this up in a group chat the other day. Travis Sanheim, if, you know, they get a new GM or whatever and don't, don't think that he is of the, the future, do you, A hang on to Provorov, and then trade Sanheim for someone such as what has been rumored that Mackenzie Wegar uh, has already gone sour in Calgary uh, after he just assigned a similar extension or Colton Preco because the Blues are looking to kind of blow it up and retool on the fly. I know that Colton Pareko has had injury history, so that is a concern for me. If they're going to do one of those, I'd go for Brandon Wegar first. Uh, Mackenzie Weger. Mackenzie Weger. Sorry. Yeah, I would go for him first. Um, I'd honestly do either. Pareko was, yeah, I mean, he was, they were talking about signing him before he signed that deal with St. Louis. But I think with his injury history, the Flyers don't need to gamble on another guy who may hurt himself and not play. So. Well, yeah. You'd have to, I would do it if somehow they just got like an uh, an actual medical staff. Like yeah, which literally fired the you'd have to clean house on the medical staff. I don't know how they did just hire this medical uh, staff still has uh, any type of employment. They did just hire the guy who used to run Blue Cross, so you uh, maybe he knows which doctors or where it's at. Yeah, maybe where he's just gonna run HMOs down down their throats. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, you can't, can't pay for this. What are you crazy? You can't get your back surgery here. You have to uh, fly to Mexico. So. Yeah. Don't forget your passport. You haven't, you haven't even met your deductible yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> Sean Couturier is like, this is my second back surgery. Shouldn't you pay for this one? And they're like, it doesn't work that way. <laughs> no, you probably hurt yourself somehow. And we're going to figure out how you did it and then blame you and then not cover it. <laughs> Speaking of Sean Couturier, he's skating again. I saw videos. He's alive. He's not dead. Yeah. He was skating yeah, so laps. It I is... still think... I still think he has to play, even if it's just like 10 games at this point. I read that There's he hasn't no... played a hockey game since 2021. So, yes, I would agree that he should probably uh, play some hockey. Although, rushing Sean Couturier back from back surgery in a meaningless season could be equated to rushing Joel Farabee back from his shoulder-neck replacement uh, surgery. And now everybody's soured on Joel Farabee, but... Uh, I know they were like trying not to use this as an excuse, but he didn't really get a full off season of like lifting and conditioning. So the fact that he's hit a wall about halfway through makes sense. Well, I think most of the flyers have hit a wall at this point. I feel like you have a bunch of people who haven't played this many games, like in their career at this point. Yeah. And Tortorella can only rely on very few people to play consistent minutes. I saw a report too that the so the one of the teams that JVR that people are like speculating is the Wild, and the Wild are trying to get rid of Jordan Greenway because he's having a down year. Which, if the Flyers didn't have so many bottom six forwards already on their roster, I'd be like, hey, that'd be pretty cool. But oh, 
Yes. If they, they do. If, if they get rid of JVR's expiring contract for Jordan Greenway, who I'm trying to pull this up now to get the numbers. He makes like three mil a year, but he's... He makes three mil a year through 2024. So that's two more yeah. years of, of term. Um, yeah. Where you could just get rid of JVR's salary altogether and not have Jordan Greenway. Exactly. But it looks like... Oh, they got to do it soon, though, because the last year of his deal is it has an eight-team no-trade list. Oh, boy. What a weird stipulation for, like, a bottom six player. Yeah, man, it's, people want the comfort. I know, but who has the, like who has that level? Of, hey, you're really bad at hockey. Let, let me negotiate your contract in a way that's favorable to you. I mean, you're really going to say that when the Flyers gave like a full no move clause to Nick Delorier for his uh... uh no that's another one that's puzzling but he's from yeah. he's from Minnesota too so I could see Chuck Fletcher just has uh his his eyes set on anything from Minnesota yeah <laughs> Zach Parise yeah that's so much yeah, they're money. they're in they're in a bit of a pickle for the next couple of years yeah their buyouts really damn them and then they have that random 1.27 from Dmitry Orlov just for a draft pick. And Ryan O'Reilly. They yeah. also retained in, in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. Yeah, but they're they're gathering assets. Something that uh It's smart. The good news is yeah, something the good Flyers news is for Flyers fans is that Chuck Fletcher has had no rumors at all that he's doing anything, so that's promising. That's <laughs> it's gonna be great. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, what are your th- what are your thoughts on this whole I don't know if we really talked about it in depth at all. But uh, there seems to be a lot of people that are dying on the hill of the Flyers not claiming Kasperi Kapanen yesterday. Oh, yeah, the Blues got him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have been cool. I guess. I mean, he's signed for another year. He's making like 3.2, not really scoring a lot. He's fast, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like Ron Hextall overvalued him and should have signed not him. But, you know, here we are. It is what it is, I guess. It would have been cool. What would you have done with him, though? Would you have put somebody else on waivers? Drop McEwen, maybe? No, McEwen's hurt. You can't. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be cool just to have, like, I guess, Sammy come back to games. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I feel like a lot of people just want it for, like, in-name only, basically. Like, like, I, don't, like, I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm hung up on the fact that, like, this team has so many players right now that are young. But, like, none of them are projected to be, like, top six for the most part. A lot of them are, like, middle six or bottom six players. It's like, you got enough of those. Like, let's let's not, like, keep loading up our our team here with, uh, you know, more, more contracts of players that aren't going to help move the needle. Let's see. This is a... This is a scouting report from June 2014. He uh, Kapanen was the central scouting ranked number one European skater. So that's pretty good. And uh, Kapanen is on the small side weight-wise, but has time to bulk up so he can be durable to compete in the NHL. One of the biggest selling points for Kapanen, do you think it's his stick handling, his goal scoring? What do you think? Is that he's fast. Is the fact that he is the son of a former NHL player and knows <laughs> what it takes to make it in the NHL. Oh, my God. <laughs> he's a smart player who distributes the puck well, reads off teammates, great on-ice awareness and professional demeanor, 
Very talented offensive player who moves well. Lethal finisher, talented forward, upside pretty high. Justin Williams is his NHL player comparison. At his peak, he could be a top six goal scorer. Yeah, there are people that are like, oh, he just needs a change of scenery. It's like, well, this is his second change of scenery. He's already... Wait, who drafted him originally? I thought it was the Penguins. He got traded to Toronto in a Kessel deal, I think. Oh, interesting. Interesting indeed. I don't know. And then they traded back for him, I think. That seems silly. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Who cares, right? Yeah. Cabin's well. not going to fix the problems, so it's just something to distract. Yeah, exactly. It's just... I'm more upset that the that there's all these uh, all these GM. Well, it's mostly just been the wild, but like other GMs are a trying to figure out how to uh, you know get get contracts under and players under to move the needle for them, and having third teams broker just eating cap and getting draft picks. Like like I said, for a team that a doesn't have like their second round pick like this year or next year because of all of the, the draft capital you've just been pissing away to acquire players. Like, you know you're not going to make the playoffs. Just start eating cap and getting additional draft assets. It's draft capital, and it's also... So, like, Chuck Fletcher signed all those players, Sanheim and whoever, to the extensions. Before, yeah. like, before Tortorella got a chance to evaluate, and now Tortorella is is going... Well, Sandheim's just not playing to the level we need him to. And now people are are going, well, Chuck Fletcher signed him for eight more years. So, like, what are you saying? Does he stink? And Tortorella is now in the middle. Like, well, I don't want to say that he stinks. I'm just saying that Chuck Fletcher okay. should have waited before he extended him for eight years. Yeah. So somebody, How about Sealer, though? So somebody who knows something could, uh, could have gauged his talent. Yeah. Chuck Fletcher is currently... Weekend at Bernie's. I am impressed, though, that Chuck Fletcher has gotten away with speaking to the media for as long as he has. It's been months, literal months. Yeah. It's been months, and your team has, like, suffered, you know, the... I I, I wish I had a stat on how many GMs have lived through, like, 9 nothing beatings and 7 nothing beatings. Wasn't that Hextall like, for a while, right? Weren't they like losing to the Rangers seven to nothing, and then everybody was like, "Fire Hextall," and the team didn't do anything. Well, the COVID year, the next season, they got they got smacked by the Rangers nine nothing in one night. Maybe that's it. It's just like nothing yeah. changed. Exactly. It's just like how many like what, how many games do we have to watch where this team is just getting absolutely blown out? But like the the head decision maker who apparently has to involve every top advisor <laughs> to get a decision made is still employed. The guy responsible for hiring your coach had the yeah, privilege of hiring the coach taken away from him in the offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck was like, I'm a, I got a bunch of coaches. They're like, no, dude, don't worry about it. <laughs> you just go home, fish, do whatever you want to do. We'll let you know who we hired. Yeah. And, like, I hate, like, you know, like, putting all the blame on, like, the GM and stuff. But it's, like, this, like, it's been, like, five years. They've made the playoffs, like, what, one time under his? 
I don't I don't think they've won a playoff round. Or they or they've won no, they one, one playoff round in like ten years, right? They won the yeah, they won the one playoff round in the bubble and that's it. And then since he's been hired, they've only gone to the playoffs one time. But his tenure has been longer than Hextall's. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Hextall the team probably should have made the playoffs one or two times under Hextall too. Uh, well, yeah, that, like that first year at Hextall where they just limped in and then got the shit kicked out of them by the Capitals. Well, it's because they decided to not trade away anything. Yeah, that's the They're most... like, oh, we're going to just gather assets, but we're not going to be bad enough to draft like really high in the draft. That's the most concerning part. And then we're only going to draft two way forwards who can play both sides of the ice. Like we're a, a week out from the trade deadline and I haven't even heard like a rumblings of what the flyers are doing. I assume they're shopping JVR, but I don't, I haven't heard anything like concrete. I mean, they are yeah, sitting I mean, him. So I guess that's a, a sign unless he actually is hurt, which like yeah, flyers fans are going to kill themselves if he is actually injured. That's like literally their only trade ship, like going into this deadline, like that can get you what, like a third round pick, maybe a second if you're lucky. Yeah, somebody was throwing around like a JBR for a first could totally happen. You're like, no, nah, it can't. Like, yeah, like try. how desperate, how desperate is the team that you're gonna try and get them to? Yeah, like even the, I'm on Spectre's hockey right now, and it's like Flyer shopping James yeah. Van Riemsdyk. Here's the extent of it. Jeff Merrick reports the Flyers have let teams know that JBR is available. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Alright guys, uh JVR is available. It's just like absolute crickets. Like that's the only update. There this article is like it covers 17 teams and the Flyers got a sentence. <laughs> and like you're looking Well, I think like every like I think there's more players like available, but it's just like most of those trades aren't going to happen in season, especially if they have like salary going into next year. Like Kevin Hayes, I feel like is going to be like an off season thing unless the center market shrinks so much that like someone's going to be desperate enough for the flyers to eat what, like half of his contract for the next three years and then give up like maybe a first round pick. Yeah. Here's an article from what's this February 24th, an update on JVR. Uh, JVR <laughs> might be, there is no update. JVR, <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers winger JVR could be a plan B option for teams that lose out on Timo Meyer. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, oh, we're just wait, like we're just gonna wait until Patrick Kane and Timo Meyer get traded. Then the Flyers are gonna aggressively shop JVR to one of those teams that didn't get them. Specter's note: Van Riemsdyk isn't a seventy-plus point performer like Meyer, but he is an experienced yes. big-body winger. <laughs> oh man that's a bummer Spectre does not see Farabee getting traded though and while Kevin Hayes' name has surfaced occasionally in the rumor mill after he was scratched from a couple games earlier this season there's no new updates on where he's going to be traded to yeah I feel like that's going to be like an off-season thing like the I just feel like playoff teams aren't going to be like all right we're going to eat this guy's salary for the next three years while we're trying to make it this year when like in the off season you have so much more flexibility to try and like chase a better center. Yeah. Even though the center market's gonna be really thin, but like it's a seven million dollar cap hit that's really a bummer. And I would prefer the Flyers don't retain any money 
of Kevin Hayes if they're going to trade him. Me either, but the way that I look at it is, and this isn't like a slam dunk just in my own fantasy head, is that if you can get uh, if you can get Kevin Hayes off of your roster for three mil or whatever it is, three point five million, however much he's making it at half, to just open up enough cap space for you to sign Dylan Larkin, like that's all I really care about. And then by next year, of course, addition by addition, you get Fourier <laughs> and Ellis back, and we're right back into it. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to be Fletcher's excuse this offseason. It's like, well, we didn't have Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson and Ryan Ellis. Like, if only those guys were able to come back, we could just, like, you know, almost be a playoff team. It's like he was so confident before and was like, I'm going to make so many fucking trades. You're going to shit yourself with excitement. And then he did, and everybody was like, oh, this rules. And then all the dominoes fell, and he was like, I don't know what to do anymore. Rasmus is alive. <laughs> <laughs> His confidence just went right out the door. Like he was just like, I don't know what to do. He's like second guessing everything now. It's just it's he's like, like the, Chuck Knobloch. Remember the, the SpongeBob ends. episode where it's like all the mini SpongeBob's in his head and all everything's on fire. <laughs> I gotta get home to my kids and my family. You don't have those. You're a figment of his imagination. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just Chuck Chuck has backed himself into a corner now, and like it's just. He's got to be, like, so concerned to do anything because, like, everything he's done has backfired. Yeah. No, that's, like, the so that SpongeBob thing is, like, the they're, like, deleting things in his brain and he's, like, needs to say his name and they're, like, what's his name? What's his name? Oh, my God, we threw out his name. <laughs> and it's so Chuck, that's, like, Chuck, and he's, like, sitting in front of his laptop and they're, like, Chuck, trade for Drew. And he's, like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> what's his name? What's his name? paying you for you don't pay me you don't even exist we're just a clever visual metaphor used to personify the abstract concept of thought one more crack like that and you're out of here no please i have three kids you are the man chuck fletcher yeah in a nutshell <laughs> I don't know. I really thought that he would have been fired by now, and he's not. So it's very puzzling to me that they're going to let him traverse another trade deadline unless they fire him tomorrow, and that's the big news we miss recording on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're good. Like, at this point, they're giving him the trade deadline. I don't see him getting fired until at the beginning of the offseason, maybe, or the dumb promotion. It just seems like such a bad idea. Well, it does, especially, like, you're going to have, what, you're going to promote Danny B, who has, like, very minimal GMing experience, and then you're going to make your president of operations a guy that just sucks at being, <laughs> who sucks at being a GM, who's going to be the advisor to him amongst the other five advisors you already have. I know. I wish the Flyers could make a, a play to get somebody, like... Not like Rutherford. Or even just make Dean Lombardi like the president of hockey operations and then have him just talk to Dean Lombardi. Yeah, they just need like a better GM. Somebody who knows what he's doing. Because it's not Chuck Fletcher. No, it is not. He's ran his course. It's all over. What's Shero doing? Um, I think he's an advisor somewhere. 
I mean, like, Ray Shario built the Penguins. Let's see. Let's see here. Penguins, 2006, 2014. So, like, he built the Penguins right before their the dynasty with Crosby. The Wild added Ray Shario to their management team as a senior advisor for Bill Guerin. Yeah, they should try to steal him. Because also, if you look here, Shario became the manager, the, the general manager of the Devils on May 4th, 2015. And he went out and, like, yeah, he got the draft to help him out. But now, like, it's pretty much all of his work to put the Devils where they are now. I would even take, like, any of the people who are, like, you know, agents trying to make a jump over into, like, the front office. It could be any worse, honestly. It's not yeah, like Chuck like, Fletcher's they know how to negotiate away. a contract out of, like, this stiff that's in the front office right now. Yeah, he, like, can't. He like outbid. So Holmgren did the same thing. He would outbid himself routinely. Yeah. So maybe there's a little oh bit. Oh my of... god! Especially I just heard that like Andy McDonald only wanted to sign a contract. <laughs> he was looking for like three mil a year, and then they're like, "Wow, well, we'll give you a six. How about that?" Yeah, I saw that, kiddo. Yeah, you want five years and more money? <laughs> yeah. It's Jesus. all guaranteed. So even if you sign this and we regret it in two years, you're still gonna get all the money. <laughs> still... Yeah. just uh it's not great it's not looking good it's very like, frustrating time to be a flyers fan. yeah somehow and i don't know how it just manages to get worse every week like you would think that eventually something would break the flyers way but it just keeps getting worse yeah at this point they're going to fall to like 15th in the draft somehow from some new rule that nobody knows about and they're gonna be like oh man how inconvenient is that because one time tortorella sneezed in an interview and then their draft ball numbers got uh, <laughs> it's got it all taken apart and we're giving that pick to the penguins actually they're gonna pick first and they're gonna get Connor bedard and then cosby's gonna retire and the penguins are gonna drag their balls over the flyers face for another 15 years look if they can just get rid of like i don't even know at this point i if if you can somehow get rid of like kevin hayes Travis Sanheim maybe and you know do one of the things that we talked about may possibly happen it just depends on what else obviously the Flyers are going to have to add to that package to get either Wegar or Pareko and get rid of Tony D and I'm trying to think of like who else I'm just tired of be a majority and if you can get roster if even if like Travis Konechny if you somehow do get blown away by some offer for him. The dream scenario is basically just sign Dylan Larkin. That's all I really care about. And maybe Damon Severson, because at least he can play second pair. And he plays, play, actually plays defense. Yeah, Dylan Larkin would be a big big name get. Um, yeah. I don't know if they would do it, but that's a big name get. Well, he's got to hit free agency first, and that's sounding like it might not happen. So Could also I mean, be a sign that, and trade. After that, you have to pivot to, I don't even know who's available that's even good. I mean, it, it I could like... be a sign and trade. That's happened before. It's because they they signed the contract to get the eighth year, and then they trade him. Yeah, that's true. So the Flyers would just, nah, that's, never mind. As soon as I said that, I was like, that sounds dumb, because Chuck Fletcher has to work out contract specifics, and there's no way he's going to be able to do that. <laughs> <laughs> he would just absolutely get blasted by Stevie Y in a return, too. Yeah, Steve, like Steve replies all by accident. He's like, do you believe this guy? What an idiot. And Chuck's like, yeah, Dylan Larkin is dumb. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to respond. All 
<laughs> and Steve's like, yes, I was talking about our current player, not you. <laughs> Sorry, I was busy building Stanley Cup rosters in Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. Chuck's like, I built what? a second-round playoff team in Minnesota. <laughs> Guys ever heard of a guy called Kirill Kaprizov? I didn't either. One of my scouts picked him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was actually Brent, uh, Brent Flores' pick. Yeah, I, it's – I don't know. I, I It's just like Friday's going to happen, and I know it's going to be deflating, and it's just going to ruin my weekend. Yeah, Not I because know. I necessarily care, but like – there is no light on the horizon. Like this is it's, it's this is it. This is like it, remember the Dawn of the Dead remake where they like think they escape and then they just find there's more zombies and like, oh shit, it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like and then there's also just people that are are going to be upset with whatever return the Flyers get. Well, in like a JVR trade or anybody that they trade for that matter. Yeah, that's why I've I've stayed away from Twitter for the most part because I can't. It's like a bunch of people who know exactly how to fix all the problems and they should be in charge because Twitter GMing is super easy. Yeah. And like there's I, I don't know if it's like just cuz they're on Twitter, but like there's people that think like one trade is going to solve all the problems and you're like, "There it is like a systematic issue down to the core of the team. Like <laughs> one trade is yeah. not going to fix anything." Yeah, this team has like very minimal top six talent. The Flyers have sunk so much money into line bottom talent. line players. Like they basically have to hope Cutter, uh, Cutter Gauthier works out, so they have a, a cheap scoring threat moving forward because they're paying <laughs> yeah. their, de- their mediocre defense so much goddamn money. Yeah, yeah, which is another reason why I'm like, can we just like try to trade Travis Sanheim for either of those two guys? Where would you? I don't know. Maybe maybe someone that pays attention a ton to analytics and has never really seen him play. Be like, ah, oh, he's not that bad. And then when they get him, yeah, well, that rolls be out. a nice gotcha moment for us. We could try to trade him, include him in the, any any Detroit trade. Yeah, be like uh, Steve. Give you a Travis Sanheim, and uh, and all you can eat one year pass to Insomnia Cookies, because they're the new cookie sponsor of the Wells Fargo Center. Yeah. Which I don't know if you saw that tweet when they uh, I forget one of the beat writers announced that like Insomnia Cookies is the new cookie partner, and everyone's like, "This fucking team, all they care about is dollar signs." <laughs> Dude, that's what I said. I was I actually tweeted. I was like, "It's like we got new, it's like we got new, our GMs asleep in the press box, but we have cookies on the concourse now." You have a. Uh, Insomnia cookies is good, so I don't want this to sound like I'm savaging them. But we have overpriced cookies and $30 milkshakes. <laughs> Come to a Flyers game and watch yeah. them lose 7 nothing to the to the Devils. Oof. I think they were at the Rock for that one, though, so it's not as bad. I mean, it was worse for them, but yeah. it was better for us because I didn't have to yeah, pay it was money the Canadians. It was the Canadians game the night before where uh, I watched. I, was, I watched a little bit of that. And they went down like two or three nothing. And I was like, all right, turns <laughs> off. Well, see you later. <laughs> oh, oh, no, this game's going poorly. I can get the hell out of here. <laughs> well, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, so cool, guys. Guess tune in next week as we rehash the trade deadline in our five-minute M&P podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that won't be a short one. JVR got traded. Justin Braun got traded. All right. I don't see even you know next if week. Justin Braun's going to get traded. That guy's cooked. Uh, he'll get traded maybe. for some team that needs defense. Maybe they depth. could do the old seventh round pick to. Uh, yeah, that's probably. That's all I'd expect at this point. Back maybe to the Canadians to keep up the, the seventh round pick trade going. Yeah. Well, no. Chuck Funger ended that one. Yeah, I think the the bigger thing we should focus on now is um, Sami Zayn's rise in the eventual dismantlement of the bloodline at WrestleMania. What are your thoughts? I don't know. Well, just to fill you in, Sami Zayn, he was this wrestler guy. He's kind of plain, plain Jane. Used to be called El Generico. He'd wear a mask like a lucha wrestler. So he... Uh The bloodline's been around forever. It's Roman Reigns, the Usos, like Usos are tag champs. Roman Reigns is a universal champ. He's going on like a thousand days of champion. Uh, Sammy ingratiated himself into the family, right? He's an honorary Uso. He's like a part of the family. But then Roman starts being a dick to him, right? Roman's like, oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. Hits him, you know, it's mean to him, right? So then Sammy, right, starts sowing the seeds of discord. He's got the Usos now. Sammy and Jay are like at odds, right? So... Mm-hmm. The storyline took off. It was like a huge groundswell. Like he got a whole bunch of crowd support. Everybody thought that Sammy was going to win at Elimination Chamber, beat Roman Reigns for the title. But WWE already set up that Roman Reigns is going to face Cody Rhodes because Cody Rhodes won the Royal Rumble. So now it's looking All right, like. Let me stop you for a second here. What? How much does the blood? You got to speak to me in terms of like, what is the bloodline in terms of being related to how DX was in their reign? The bloodline is pretty dominant. Um, Roman Reigns hasn't taken a pin, a clean pin in like, I want to say like a year and a half, probably more than that. Um, and they win every time they fight. There's like, and if they lose, it's because like, it's some kind of cheating or a fuckery. (laughs) Right. So anyway, WrestleMania, the new plan, everybody's guessing Sammy and Kevin Owens are going to team up, defeat the Usos, take the tag titles. Roman Reigns might lose to Cody Rhodes. And that's how, like, he takes his vacation, like, time off TV because he's going to be like, I'm ashamed. The bloodline's over. But this is, like, the best storytelling the WWE's got. And they went to Elimination Chamber. Sami Zayn was challenging for the title in his hometown. So the pop you get from wrestling in your hometown. Everybody was abuzz. And then he lost and the whole place deflated. And it sounded like the Flyers at any home. <laughs> Okay, I see what you're doing there now. Yeah, so that's what. Uh... So anyway, Sami Zayn's on a, a meteoric rise. He's got his ride. He's trying to ride that Daniel Bryan wave, but booking's kind of screwed him. So, I think the WWE missed a chance here, just like Chuck Fletcher will miss a chance at the trade deadline to make the team better because he stinks and isn't effective. Makes sense. All right, so I think we did good there. I think we covered everything we need to. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we shut this one down for the week? Um, I, as much as it sucks to see the Flyers lose, I mean, that's like the only thing we can really hope for at this point is that they get a little bit further up in the tank standings. Well, they are losing and people on Twitter are still angry that they're losing as poorly as they are, even though they want them to lose, just not so bad that it's embarrassing. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand, like... (laughs) You can't have it both ways. It's been my the people who are like, well, yeah, they they're not supposed to lose, but they need to at least look competitive. And you're like, well, I don't know what you want. 
<laughs> it's it's hard to please everybody all the time, but you're literally throwing out conflicting demands. <laughs> like, I need you to pick one and stick with it. Yeah, it's like oh, we want to lose. We want to lose so we can get the first overall pick. Fires lose like seven nothing. Not like this. Well, this is embarrassing. How do you not fire a GM <laughs> after this kind of game? How do you not fire a GM after the whole fucking season? <laughs> like, why is one game going to make GM a difference after, now? After three seasons of this, why you got? He's just throwing away draft picks to sign the older, worse version of Shane Goss's bear. And nobody said anything. And now because they lost 7 nothing, you're mad? Get over yourself. Grow up. <laughs> Ridiculous. Yeah. Chuck Fletcher is going to get fired. It's a matter of time. I'm surprised he's not fired yet. But, like, one 7 nothing loss isn't going to... If it hasn't happened up to this point, it's not going to happen because of one loss to the Devils. Yeah, I and the thing that sucks too is like even if they do fire Chuck Fletcher, it's like that was the one thing at least Ron Hextall did was like it was his plan. He stuck to it and basically shut out everybody else from making decisions. Now you have this dude who literally has to go to like, hey Bobby, is it okay if I uh, you know trade my my pick here? <laughs> Danny Briere just runs everything through Paul Holmgren. Paul Holmgren becomes de facto GM again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, bitches. <laughs> call up the Predators. I'm pulling off a Hartnell team in a trade again. <laughs> yeah, call up the Predators. <laughs> They're about to get this trade rammed right up their yeah. ass. And then the Predators are like, wait a minute, we hate you now. <laughs> <laughs> you really jammed us up with Shea Weber, although the Coyotes fixed that one. So, Yeah. Coyotes, in, uh, what's his face? The Habs, but like... P.K. Subban. Yeah, but if he retired because of like the way the contracts were signed and structured, like the Predators would have been on the hook for some of that dead cat money. Oh, for sure. It was the same with Luongo. Like, well, if, that's the thing is like people think like, oh yeah, he, the, if they retire, it's like they're on the hook for the money. It's like, well, guess what? Even if he can't play, he's guaranteed the money, so why would he retire? He's just going to get paid still until the contract runs out. Yeah, the Ryan L special, just to keep getting yeah, exactly. money. Must be nice when you wake up Every two weeks, and your paycheck hits the account when you're just dicking off with your family. <laughs> like, I assume he's not, like, Ryan Ellis. I haven't heard anything about him. He is not with the team. He's not doing anything. Yeah, do you think Ryan Ellis definitely owns zero property in Philadelphia, right? I don't think he ever moved here. Yeah, like, he pro- he played four games and then probably stayed in a hotel every time yeah, like he's come to the city. Yeah, like, one preseason and four games, and then he was like, ow, oh, I'm, I'm going to go home and rehab. <laughs> and he's like rubbing his hands <laughs> and curling his villain mustache yeah. good <laughs> good and his wife's like what are you doing home and he's like ah it's all coming together babe let's go to sizzler oh my god yeah i mean i wish he could, like it's so annoying because like i wish he could play it would definitely make the team a hell of a lot better if he could play but now it's like, oh, great, we traded for a guy who is basically Mike Rathje all over again. Yeah, and people are yelling at that trade. You traded Nolan Patrick and Phil Myers for him. Like, what are, what would they have done oh, yeah, if, I would have, if they yeah. stayed here? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Come on. Can't be angry at the trade. Be angry how it panned out, but don't be angry at the trade. That's just stupid. Yeah, exactly. The trade you do 100 times over. Yeah. The result of the trade is what 
is the worst part. The trade I don't like. The trades I don't like were the Ristolainen and D'Angelo trades because, like, you don't. I don't even mind the Ristolainen trade. I mind the the re-signing of Ristolainen after you miss the playoffs again. Yeah, you're well. That's another one of those panic resigns where he's like, "Oh God, I double down." <laughs> yeah, and even with Travis Sanheim, it's like you literally the you know that this team is not equipped to. You got a guy coming off a of back surgery who then can't play anyway because he has to get another back surgery. So it's like this team is not. This team doesn't have the center depth to even try to compete for the playoffs. But hey, Travis Sanheim, here's another eight years, buddy. They also like. <laughs> He also had a year left. Like he's yeah. still on his last contract this year. Yeah, like that. Like you could have traded him at the trade deadline and gotten a first round pick. Yeah, for him. like his extension doesn't even kick in until next year, and then he makes a shit ton of money for no reason. Yeah, unless he's going to magically somehow get better. Yeah, I mean, I hope. I just somehow hope they can get weaker for him. Maybe he's gonna Do find it, a packet of magic beans and then plant them. And then he'll get better in hockey with one of his three wishes. It is funny how like slowly the Flyers are falling off as the fourth favorite sport in the city with the Union coming up and being like the the top power ranked team of the season. Yeah, especially now that MLS is on uh, Apple TV and the NHL lost another regional sports network. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if if nobody saw that, uh, Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers, right? There, I think it was them. I'm trying to find it in our chain text messages with with Joe the Rat. Yeah, it was like three more yes. teams are going to lose. Uh, there. Warner Brothers Discovery has told teams it plans to exit the regional sports network business entirely. Uh, this will affect the Penguins, the Avalanche, and uh, the Kraken. I think maybe. Yeah. Something like that. The Penguins, the Kraken, and somebody else. It might be the Avalanche. But I don't Flat know. cap here to stay. Yeah, it's not going to get better. So now that's Bally's and uh, <laughs> Sportsnet. So it's really uh, – the NHL was like, I oh, don't know. We're cool. We got this sweet new TV contract. And everyone's like, oh, this is great that ESPN has the contract. We'd like to watch the games because our regional sports networks have all gone belly up. And the, the NHL is like, oh, about that. It's blacked out. And we can't change the contracts because they went bankrupt. So you just can't watch the games. Go to them in person. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I, the NHL has uh, uh, managed to step in it everywhere. Also, Gary Bettman's reliance on keeping Phoenix in Phoenix is, <laughs> at this point, perplexing. <laughs> I, just don't, uh. I just don't get it. Oh, well, maybe in like four years, the cap will go up enough to help us scrape our way out of four what years this is going on. The cap will go up to not make that Rasmus Ristolina contract look so bad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, okay. I think that's it. It's a nice sombering note to end this episode on. It's not going to get any better. The Union played. Did they win? They did. They won their first game. Yeah, killer. Go Union. <laughs> this is now a Philadelphia Union podcast. Yeah, the M and the M and P Footy Kicky podcast. <laughs> Talk talking all Footy Kicky all the time. This is also Sammy Zayn's ska theme song they brought back because they're keying on his popularity. I already like this better. Oh yeah, this one was. He didn't use this for a while, and then just recently, like in the past two weeks, they 
And they paid the licensing fee to the CFOs for this. Dude, he did all of the really good theme songs for the 90s and 2000s. Yeah, here's some Scott influence there. Yeah, big Scott. Same as Andy Rule, still be changing Unlike the first team, perpetual losers. With that, I guess if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, go home, hug your loved ones. <laughs> Tell them they mean more to you than the Flyers. Because yeah. they don't and, perennially let you down. And tune in next week when we break down the remaining trades at the trade deadline. The remaining trades. Chuck Fletcher didn't do. Yeah, the the <laughs> the Flyers trade that they've made at the trade deadline. Uh, that's episode ten. Thank you for listening. Like and follow, subscribe, uh, Twitter, Instagram at MNP MNP Pod. Like and subscribe, follow Spotify, Buzzwords. See you later. <laughs> Goodbye. This has been another episode of the M&P Podcast. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Well, see you later.